0: the market for affordable home improvement products, Ubin Building Supplies carries those high quality building materials you need. Whether you're a homeowner, DIY handyman, landlord, or contracting company, their store in Dyke, Iowa has everything you need to get the job done right the first time. Their in-store builder showroom is designed to make the selection process easy. View samples, discuss options, and then take a few samples back to your home or office for consideration. You've Been Building Supplies is dedicated to getting the job done right, and their friendly experts will help you find exactly what you need to fit your lifestyle, home decor, and budget. Go and visit their Dyke showroom at 635 Main Street or call 319-989-2222 to see, touch, and feel the latest styles.
1: What is new, Wolverine Nation? My name is Tad Brace, alongside my co-host, Travis Kiewit, on this toasty Wednesday evening. How are you, Travis? Uh, Terrific. You know, I shouldn't say toasty Wednesday. It's not terrible right now. Yesterday, though, it was like frying egg on a sidewalk. Yeah,
0: this week's been rough so far. It's,
1: but... Hopefully, you know, we're towards the end of the, we're going to weather this out and it gets a little better.
0: The only good part about the heat is I feel like I'm losing weight just because I sweat it off because the simplest of tasks makes me perspire, but I, I have a feeling that it, it's not working.
1: I walked to my desk to, from sitting at my desk to sit on the countertop the other day while I was doing <laughs> yeah. a presentation. I lost eight pounds, Last but... Eight p- but <laughs> Little Debbie would beg to disagree, right?
0: So, I wish it was that easy. Yeah, right.
1: Okay, what? Why, well,
0: yeah, whatever. Okay, yeah. Why is it so easy to gain weight, but you ha- it takes forever to lose it? You know what I mean, why? Should, what is what? Why? What is that twisted?
1: <laughs> I know. Maybe that's something we should save for a weight loss podcast that we do on Thursdays.
0: Yeah. Okay, we'll save that for Thursdays. <laughs> We're not
1: gonna tell you where to find that one though. Right.
0: <laughs> all right,
1: uh Wolverines, we have uh we have some really exciting guests on tonight. We're gonna have Coach Betts, Coach Harms, I think two Hall of Fame coaches, right?
0: I don't I don't know that for certain. Isn't it co
1: I thought they were both Hall of Fame coaches. They
0: very well could be. I I, I don't know.
1: My guess is by the time it's all said and well, done, right. that's for sure gonna right. happen. And if so. they aren't, they should be. Right. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, they're Hall of Fame coaches in my books. Yeah. All four of them. All four of my books. All four of them? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we do have some really fantastic uh, guests coming in with Coach Harms and Coach Betts, and I'm sure uh, just from talking to them in the past that they're going to have some insight for us that we probably haven't thought about in any way, shape, or
0: form before. Right. Yep. Volleyball they get going uh, tomorrow night and football had a scrimmage last week meet the players and and get so they got a little cobwebs out but they'll be going at it this week. I think they're at Columbus on Friday.
1: Yeah, it's it's that exciting time right now. Uh it's still some it still feels like summer no, but I'm we're kidding. transitioning towards that fall. Uh and this is the time of year that I get really excited. Uh you know not a lot of people are excited to be back at school usually but i am excited to be back see the kids and and see everything that's happening around the district yeah seeing the
0: kids in action and stuff like that that's good stuff
1: yep so all right well we have a fantastic show for you um can't wait to get you rolling here and uh we'll be right back with you shortly
2: home is the starting place of love hope and dreams hi this is tiffany
3: ash with people savings bank whether you are purchasing a new home looking to refinance your current mortgage loan or looking for a flexible home equity line of credit option now is the perfect time to give psb a call Ask for one
2: of our dedicated real estate lenders to learn more about getting you and your home on the right track. At People's Savings Bank, it's all about making the right
3: choices for you. Locations in Wellsburg, Cleves, and Dyke.
4: Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender.
3: Roll blue.
1: All right. We are joined in the studio this evening with Coach Don Betts. Uh, Coach Betts, how are you tonight? I'm doing well.
3: I'm doing well. How about
1: yourselves? It's You know what? We got out early today. A little, yeah. little toasty, but I'm doing, I'm doing really well.
0: I think he's doing really well because it's game week. <laughs> I know. That's exciting. I think everybody's exciting. It on always feels like the beginning of school year when uh, that first uh, game week comes up. It's it's exciting for sure. Absolutely.
1: And I'm going to ask I'm going to ask Coach Betts about that here in a minute too. Oh, about sorry. That for, no, it's okay. It's, you prefaced it a little okay. bit. All right. Um, for those of you who uh, maybe new to the district, uh, Coach Betts, could you give us a little bit of background information about yourself? Sure. Um, I grew up
3: in uh, Northwest Iowa, Lamar's Iowa, Ice Cream Capital of the World, uh, Blue home. Bunny, right? Wells Blue Bunny. You. That's bet. R- that's why that's famous. Yep. Yeah, not because of me. It's because of Will's Blue Bunny. You're second. <laughs> yeah. they, they, have,
0: they have the billboard for for uh, the Blue Bunny, and then they've got Coach Betts down there. one like, underneath uh, it?
3: Yeah, probably <laughs> not. <laughs> um, I'm married. My wife is Sally. She works here at school as a para. Um, we've got six children. We've got 13 grandchildren. we got three great-granddaughters. Um, big family spread out all over the country.
1: That's very cool. So you've, uh, you've when did you move to the Dyke-New like, Hartford area?
3: Um, I moved up here in 1990 to New Hartford, and I taught the final two years of New Hartford High School. And then uh, when the schools went together, I was kind of low man on the totem pole, lost my teaching job, but um, was able to keep coaching and, and stayed here and uh, worked for the AEA for three years. Uh, in an SCI program, and then uh, transitioned to my current job up in Charles City, at the uh, Alternative School, Carrie Lane High School up there.
0: What did you do um, before you got to DNH?
3: Um, like, yeah, I uh, I did a lot of things before I got to DNH. I've uh, uh, had jobs. Uh, I was telling the kids uh, up at school just the other day. Um, I've had over thirty jobs in my life. Really?
0: Yes. Yes. Everything. Okay. Well, we probably don't have that much time to go. <laughs> get some highlights, or well, everything
3: I mean? from construction to electrician to plumber to uh, a welding shop to uh, uh, sales, uh, insurance sales, uh, over the road sales, um, inside sales. Um, I've had some mid-management jobs, a factory job. I mean, I really, yeah, I, I've done a lot of things in in. Uh,
0: all in northwest Iowa or all across the state or?
3: Mostly in northwest Iowa, but also uh, northeast Iowa. I was down southeast Iowa. I taught down there prior to coming up here.
1: And where was that at? Morning Sun, Iowa. Okay. 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 Where would that be at from here? About how far away?
3: Two uh, hours, I suppose. Two hours, It's, okay. so, it's south of Iowa City, about uh, 45 minutes or so. Okay. Um, huh. Small school down there.
1: Something about those small schools. Uh, it was a great
3: place to start my teaching career. Uh, I taught all the social studies, grades 7 through 12. Uh, I was the football coach. I was the basketball coach. I was the baseball coach. Um, <laughs> at one point, I became the golf coach. Um, <laughs> at another point, I was no longer the football coach. I was the volleyball coach for a couple years. Really? I drove school bus. Uh, I mowed the yards, uh, the grounds, um, small school, small town. It was a very small school, but it was, a, it was a great experience. I loved being down there. I loved having that
1: experience.
0: You sound like another guest we had on in uh, Mr. Uh, Tim Johnson. Yeah. He
1: said <laughs> he's, been, he's kind of better on the block in that, in that sense as well. Yeah. that's.
0: <laughs> so when you were down there, is that what they lured you into, or did you just get, Hey, this is what you're doing?
3: Uh, pretty much, this is what you're doing. Plus, uh, pay, pay wasn't very well. And
0: right. The superintendent,
3: uh, he would always call me in the office and say, "You need a little more money." So, um, <laughs> here you I, go. I wasn't coaching anything in the spring. He was the golf coach, yeah. and uh, he said, uh, "You know what?" He said, I, "I'm going to be a shared superintendent. I can't be golf coach anymore. So, I'm looking for a golf coach." And I said, "Okay, Fran. If I think of anybody, I'll let you know." And he <laughs> says, "No." He said, "Sit down." <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, Slight I had be- a contract. <laughs> yes, right, right, right. <laughs> I became the golf coach with uh, almost zero golf experience. But he he had a friend who was a golf pro who came up and kind of helped me get it going and and I was golf coach for three years and my girls were conference champs two other three years so
0: that's awesome <laughs> oh my gosh
1: that is that is a good time maybe that's that's why this uh, Wolverine go- golf outing is always so successful that <laughs> well huh? and
0: I uh, I I think there is maybe a position open here for golf.
3: Uh yeah, that's not going to
0: happen. <laughs> okay, I just just wanted
1: to oh, yeah, Well, if it brings Mr. Back Stockdale, memories, come yeah. on in. Slide <laughs> so that contract up. <laughs> um uh, so we are uh, uh in the fall here moving towards the fall, I should say, fall sports, and you've been practicing now for a little bit. How have the first few few weeks gone?
3: Uh very well. Very well. I'm I'm real happy with where we are with our team right now. Um our kids have come out there. They work their tails off. They really do. I'm, I'm so excited about this group of kids and how hard they've worked, not only this this fall in practice, but this summer. Yep. Um, they really worked hard, and even going back into last spring. And the best part about it is not only are they working hard, they're having fun with each other while they do it. And to me, that's that's one of those things that uh, uh, stands out about the the great teams that we've had here at Dyke New Hartford is they not only work really hard, but they have fun together while they're doing it. Yep. So, yep. um, I, I'm, I'm excited about where we're at. I can
0: definitely attest uh, to the summer cause I, I work in the summertime. And for those of, of you that don't know, uh, it starts bright and early <laughs> and it, it is, it's a buy-in and they are totally bought in. And it's, it's a, it's a good feeling to have when you show up and there's oodles of kids already in the parking lot. And, and I show up usually at six and, um, I'll pull up and they'll already be out in the parking lot. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll, I'll try to park over here. or Maybe I'll wait till this is over. But that, that's it's awesome to see because it doesn't happen everywhere. Yep. So
1: yep. yeah, seeing those kids invested in, in weights and uh, yep. a- athletic training, that that's really cool to see. Um, and before we get too far into that, have with practices, have you had any standout performances so far? Any any particular player really excited about to challenge them or?
3: You know, I I could start naming names and I would leave people out. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, we've we've had so many people that that are really upping their game. You've got those veterans who played last year who've come back, uh, Devin Kolosh and Nathan Graves and Nick Reineggie, Will Texter, Cale Jensen, Cole Graves. Those guys have really taken another step, which is what you want to see. But then a lot of those other guys, some of them seniors who haven't played very much, um, they know that this is their final shot, and and they have really gone all out. Brewer Eichlerberg, Rhett Ordell comes to mind. Jake Stockdale, yep. um, those guys have really stood out uh, in in practices, and, and I'm excited for those guys. As we move forward. It's, well, and
0: and I think that goes along with the motto, yes, out for this year, yes, which is
3: something to prove. Yep. Um, our kids uh, talked about it. Um, uh, and our seniors always get to choose that motto. It, it, there are some criteria that I give them they have to uh, adhere to, but they get to choose a motto, and it really has to apply to us and this group of young men. Right. And I think they nailed it this year with, with that motto. Um, you know, they, as, as they say, we've got something to prove not only to other people but to ourselves every single day and how hard we're going to work, how committed we're going to be to this. Um you know, and and I think they've done a great job with that, and it's a perfect motto for this group.
1: Yep. One of my favorite things too about what you said is uh, some of these seniors who haven't played very much, and they're still out. They're still giving you everything that they've got. They're coming to practice. Um, not only are they coming to practice to play now, but they're also making everybody else better when they're out there and they're and they're pushing everybody else. They're they're making sure that those spots are earned and that. Those people, those kids, have something to prove, and that's that's what's exciting for me to see as well with absolutely, those kids.
3: Absolutely, absolutely. And and uh, um, our kids, uh, as I've said before, they they really are having fun with each other while they're doing it, and that's that's the best part.
1: Absolutely. Uh, and how many? Just because I'm curious here, how many years have you been the head coach at New Hartford Football? I'm not sure if I missed that. Or this
3: is this is my fifteenth season as the head coach.
1: Fifteenth season. So you've been around the block a little bit here. Yeah. Um, what are some of the emotions or do you still experience these emotions when it comes to the first game of the year?
3: (laughs) Um, first game of the year is kind of like a kid at Christmas time. Um, you know, you night before Christmas, you're excited, you can't sleep. Um, you know, there's the anticipation, there's a little bit of anxiety, you know, am I going to get any Christmas presents because I really wasn't all that good all the time. You know, there's, there's all of those emotions that are, that are working, um, but that's kind of what it's like for me every year. You know, right. That, that first game, it's just uh, um, stomach is is in butterflies for two days ahead of time. I'm I'm amped and ready to go right now and won't sleep very well until right. uh, Friday night. Quite honestly, <laughs> so um, you know. But it's uh, when I lose that, then I'll be done coaching. Um, because right. that's, that's just that excitement is what drives me and, and keeps me doing what I do.
1: So after a big win on a Friday night, are you able to go to sleep easily, or are you still geared up and jacked up and ready to, you know,
3: well, just excited? Yeah, the coaches usually get together for a little bit. I stop by, say hi, and then I go home, and I upload film, and I watch the film. And uh, usually about 2 o'clock in the morning, um, I decide to catch a few, uh, <laughs> a few z's of sleep, sure. sometimes sitting in my chair at my desk. Um, and then I'm, I'm up by probably 5 o'clock and uh, off and running and, and down here. I've got the radio interview and, and get down here for our um, uh, kids being here at 8 o'clock and watching film and whatnot, getting that stuff ready to go. So um, Friday afternoon or Saturday afternoon, rather, is, is my time.
2: Right.
3: I, uh, <laughs> I like to sit on the couch, flip on a college football game, and and watch it off and on right throughout the afternoon.
1: So doze here and there exactly, a little bit. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's exciting. I mean, that's kind of what I feel like for for you guys. You know, when it's oh, yeah. when it's the day of a, the game day, and especially in the junior high, these kids they're dreaming of of being those yeah. players at some point. You know, we've got these junior high kids who are, you know, Coach Picorny's got them working really hard down there, and and all they want to do is. They want their turn. Yeah. They want their turn, and they're jacked up, and it just kind of gets you all, oh, all yeah. riled up and ready to go, and that that makes it super fun as well. So, um, and and you kind of alluded to this a little bit ago. What, in your opinion, is it that makes Dyke New Hartford Athletics so successful?
3: Oh, I think that's a, a simple answer. I really do. It's it's work ethic. Um, our kids, uh, gosh, for twenty five. Or better years they work their tails off and I don't think that the average fan really understands how hard these kids work you know we talked about uh, the summer lifting uh, we've got 35 kids three days a week all summer long at 5 a.m. stretching <laughs> getting ready to, to lift and uh, we have kids fighting to get into that first group we have to limit it because right. uh, we can only handle so many kids in the weight room at a time but we've got kids who want to get up at 5 o'clock and, and go to work and get something done. And I just think that's amazing. What a, what a great skill to learn for the rest of your life. You know, my dad always, always said, you know, if, if you will get up out of bed in the morning and go to work every single day, good things are going to happen in your life. It won't be perfect, but right. good things are going to happen. And I think that's the, the work ethic that we have here with our kids and the culture that we have is that our kids aren't afraid of hard work. They put in a lot of time and a lot of effort to get better. And I I really think that's the key.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll even personal experience with my son, Parker, he went through the whole program, got up early and everything like that. You know, he's got, uh, you and I now he has got summers off. He works at the golf course and he's up there at six o'clock in the morning. (laughs) And he got up every morning at five, something to get ready to go. And we ate Uh breakfast together and, I was kind of like, I was wondering, are you really going to be able to do this all summer? And, you know, 6 a.m. is awfully early, you know, and <laughs> sure enough, all yeah. summer, got up and just and took care of business, you know. So, I I attribute that to, you know, the work ethic that was there in high school and, and what uh, he had to put in, you know, as far as uh, to be successful, and now it's carrying on uh, past that.
1: Yeah. I, so. Like you said, that work ethic, it's become a mindset yeah. at, at Dyke New Hartford, the, like, when I talked about the junior high kids earlier, it's their mindset. They know that they're going to go and work hard and eventually, you know, your Jacob Stockdale's, uh, your Kale Jensen's, everybody, they're going to be rewarded when it's their time. Yep, and, yep. and and that's what makes it exciting as well. Yep. So um, on that note too, uh, this is one of those things that I think is underrated here. What is your message to to families? Why should students attend weights in the morning in, in the mornings and during summer months and why is that so important to you
3: well i I think there's there's a lot of reasons for it uh, the first first one that, that pops to mind um, is that the weight room is is a great way to prevent injuries you know kids have to be physically strong enough to compete in sports uh, you can't put kids out on the field who are undersized and and weak and slow and whatnot they're, they're going to get hurt um, and a lot of what we do is designed, uh, not not to build better football players, but right. to build better athletes. And we just want to build better athletes. I, we've got a great coaching staff at the high school who've all bought into the idea that if we just build better athletes, it benefits everybody. Right? It's safer for the kids. It builds uh, uh, better programs for everybody. So our focus is building better athletes. You know, we let's be honest, we don't have a lot of kids playing in the NFL or Major League Baseball, or the right. NBA, or even Division One athletics, we don't have a ton of them. What we've got are kids who are willing to work hard to become better athletes, and then that translates to success for them at the high school level.
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yep. so you talked about the coaching staff. You've got the varsity wrestling coach, varsity basketball coach, varsity obviously varsity football coach, varsity track and cross country coach. I'm I'm probably missing some, but. Uh, Everybody is bought in because it benefits everybody. Right. Correct. Right. Correct.
3: And I think that eliminates what some of these schools see where they've got com- competing coaches yep. and competing programs because this coach wants to do this. You know, we just build better yeah. athletes. Right. We support each other's programs, and it benefits everybody.
0: Yep. Not sports-specific, and I've heard of other, just like Coach said, other places that, well, if you're a football player, this is what I want you to be lifting, and if you're a ba- well— Okay, it, it's great if, if that's all you did, but yep. here at Dyke New Hartford we have uh, multiple players that do multiple sports, and and uh, you got to make that athlete.
3: Yeah, and I think that's the other thing that I really like about being here at Dyke New Hartford is our coaches in all of our sports they push multi sport athletes. Right. Um. You know, and I'm I'm not a fan of specialization at all. Right. I think kids need to experience as many sports as they can in high school because sports are great things for kids in high school. Yeah. And uh, I, I appreciate having all of these, being surrounded by all these coaches who have that philosophy.
1: Right. Uh, one of the, and this kind of is a testament to the weightlifting and what you just said about building better athletes. I was talking to somebody. I was wearing a Dyke New Hartford shirt um, out uh, with my wife at a restaurant, and someone approached me about it, and they said, well, you you guys could – basically just put a team out there and go 500. And I thought, well, that kind of takes away from all the preparation that our coaches do, but it also says something about the athletes that they're building. You know, people expect that, you know, right. they see these kids, but they don't understand everything that's going into it. Correct. And and, right. and that's that's a testament right there.
0: Yeah. Agreed. Yep.
1: You got the next one, Travis?
0: No, I can't see him okay right i I took my glasses off i I'll be honest oh okay, so <laughs> sorry
1: this one this was the a question that I've been kind of um i've been excited to ask you for a little bit here because I think there are so many things out there that families and and people they don't quite understand, but if there's one thing that you wanted people to understand about your job as a coach as a varsity coach, what would it be?
3: I I don't know that I could say one. There's a couple things I would really like people to know. Um, First and foremost, I absolutely love this job. I absolutely love this job. Um, uh, As we talked previously, I've done a lot of things in my life, but I knew when I was a junior high I wanted to be a high school football coach. Uh, That's what I really wanted to do, and it took me a long time and a lot of paths to get to where I got. But um, you know, this is this is my dream career that I'm doing. I love what I'm doing. My best part of my work day is when I show up for practice. Uh, <laughs> I absolutely love coming to practice. Uh, and, and uh, um, you know, it's, it's something that I uh, am thankful for and, and I don't take for granted that it's it's something that's always going to be there. You know, it's, it's something that, that I really appreciate. Um, secondly, I think I would like everybody to to just know how much time and effort goes into not only my job as the football coach, but the basketball coach, the baseball coach, et cetera, et cetera, because I don't think the average fan uh, really has a clue how much time goes into that. You know, everybody on right. Friday night, everybody wants to be, wants my job. You right, know, right. They're, they're all happy, to, would be happy to take my job. Right. And, and
0: everybody's got the there. right call, everybody's exactly. got the yep. right formation, yep.
3: everybody's. <laughs> yep. But nobody wants my job at uh, 4 a.m. in the morning right. when I'm getting up um preparing for the day's practice schedule because I've got to go to work and then I've got to have practice ready to go and they don't want my job at uh, uh, 11 o'clock at night or 12 o'clock at night when I'm still breaking down film right Um, there's there's just a lot of time and and as I say I'm not the only one I think any head coach that we have here puts in those kind of hours and um, I, I would just like the fans to to be willing to give our coaches and even our assistant coaches who put in a lot of time. And many of those guys are, really aren't paid. They're volunteer coaches, right. volunteering their time with other people's kids while their kids are at home. Um, but just to have a little grace for our, our coaching staff and our coaches and, and don't be so quick uh, to, to be upset about things. Right. Um, everybody's trying to do the best they can, you know, and, in, in in my job i've got sixty two young men out for football, which translates to about one hundred and twenty parents right which includes ten assistant coaches, five managers, um, three trainers, um, assorted school personnel from grounds to bus people to administrators to radio people to there's a lot of things that have to be balanced and um I think we do a pretty good job of balancing those things, but it only takes one little thing to put things out of whack, and now everything's got to be rebalanced. Uh, A good case in point was yesterday. You know, those storms rolled through, and we had lightning, and we couldn't practice outside, and uh, it shot not only last night's practice, but it affected tonight's practice, and um, you know, all of those things have to be addressed, uh, a lot of them on the fly, so um, I I would just like fans to know that we're, we're here doing the best job we can with their kids. Um, and, and just have a little grace for everybody.
1: Right. Absolutely. Um, I think any coach will tell you it's not personal, you know, when it, when it comes to a kid or, or uh, a family or whatever, you're making the decision that's best for the team that, correct. and, yep. and I think when you make those decisions that, it's not personal and you just want people to understand that as well. It's the amount of, you know, talking to Ben freeze or Jeff Jensen or Scott Conley or Greg Moore, whoever it may be, Mike Soppe, everybody, they're making sacrifices. Yes. And it's not, it's that way for all sports. And
0: right. And I would like to all say it's not for the money. <laughs> no, <laughs> if anybody knows what a head coach makes for an assistant or something, it's, <laughs> you definitely do it. And you've mentioned it before their coach, you do it for the love of the game and, and the players and, other reasons besides that, you always like to show something, but yeah. you definitely don't. You don't want to break it down per hour or anything like no, that. No, that, that would just. Uh,
1: and that's what it's about. It's it's right. it's about your enjoyment and your love for the game. And yep. so, my last question of that uh, is going to be a serious question here. Our last serious question for you is: aside from wins and losses, in your opinion, what makes a head coach successful?
3: Well, and, and I know everybody focuses on winning and losing, but I think that it's, it's so much bigger than the wins and the losses. Um, I, I think what makes a, a coach great is the relationships that he builds with players, the um, life skills and life lessons he can give to those athletes, the, the things that he can teach them that they can take away that they may not even realize that they're taking this away. Uh, you know, they're learning uh, the hard work. You know, they're learning to be a great teammate. Uh, everybody's a teammate somewhere, you know, throughout right. your life. You're a teammate. Might be in the locker room now, might be someday in the break room or the board room, and everybody's in the family room is, is a teammate. You've got to be able to work together with people and, and be a team. And those are things that, that kids need to learn. And I think that if, if you're truly successful, you can see those things being translated as kids leave, and and uh, you know they don't always come back and say, "Hey, coach, I learned this from you." Yep. And and it's not necessary that they do. Right. Um, you like to think that you know you're you're having an impact on these kids' lives, and uh, to me, that's that's what true success is really about. Like I said, everybody wants to focus on the wins and losses, and and I'm as competitive as anybody. I oh, I, yeah. <laughs> I want to win as much as anybody, <laughs> and I hurt more than anybody when we lose. Right. I To the point that I can't sleep and um uh, it's it's almost it's right. almost an obsession that I need to go see, med- see medical health medical for but um you know at, at the end of the day, too many people put too much time and effort into this for it just to be about wins and losses right you know there's so much more to it and and I think that's that's got to be the focus of of coaching and i think the the really good coaches do that they yep. focus on those things
0: well and I think even uh with that. If you're a fan, you know the gun ends to end the game, and you know fans are walking out. I would I would say take a moment, sit in the stands for a while, and see what happens after a game with our team. I mean, you guys will be out there for ten minutes, fifteen minutes, and ain't you're not just going out there and saying, "Hey, great game, one, two, three, Wolverines," and off you go. I mean, there's some there's some life skills or some life coaching going on there, you know, about the game, but also, you know in relation to the bigger picture kind of thing, yep. you know, like you said, the teamwork, all that other stuff, you know, my guess is it's you're not out there, you know, saying, here's what the score is. It's more about how you guys played, how the effort was together, yep. how this, how we became successful, not, yep. you know, and so I, I would urge fans to sit in the stands and, and watch and see, see what goes on out there. Cause it's, it's not just a, you know, like I said, one, two, three, let's go. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's, it, even though the gun sounded, there's still some coaching going on. Yep. To touch
1: on that relationship thing, that's that's one of those things I always take away from from listening to different people, the relationships that you build. My guess is, Coach Betts, that you can think about those 15 years that you coach here at Dyke New Hartford as a head coach, and you can name several relationships that you built with all those players and still reference them today without a doubt. Definitely, definitely. And I
3: um, I, I use this example. I, I didn't ever use the name, but. We had a young man in our program once who uh, um, didn't really work exceptionally hard, but he worked hard enough to be on the team. He never really played, um, and he was okay with that. He wanted to be a part of the team. He's one of those kids that needed football a lot more than football needed him. And uh, when we lost our last game, nobody cried more. Nobody was more upset um, than this young man was. And... uh, Every every coach has got those kids. Every co- coach has those kids that that need the sport more than the sport needs them. And and you know he's I I, I see him fairly regularly now. And and uh, you know there's that special bond and uh, sure, um, you know those are the kind of kids that that you definitely want to be there for. Oh, That's cool. Absolutely, very
1: cool. I, they're like the glue guys. That right. They're there and they're there because they need it. And it's so fun to see them grow mm-hmm. as, a, as a person yep. yeah, with that. So. Yeah. All right. On a lighter note, we've got the random question of the day, Coach Betts. Are you ready to go? Sure. Okay. When you sing karaoke, what is your go-to song?
0: Can You're, I can I ask first? Yeah. Have you ever sang karaoke? I have. I got booed off the stage <laughs>
1: multiple times, but yeah. <laughs> oh, multiple times. I like it. Because when I saw the question, I
0: was like, you know, I I know Coach Betts I'm, and everything. I, I'm a I, glutton I, for punishment. I, I, I've come back several times and gotten booed off the stage, so. Do you sing regularly or not? I mean, is that something you dabble uh, in, or? Oh, no. No, oh, okay. No. I, I, I didn't know if that was like a like a hidden talent, or? Oh, no. No, <laughs> there's, there's no talent there. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> uh, uh, so what would it what were you getting booed off the stage with, Dad? What? What's your
3: go-to? Thunderstruck, ACDC. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> okay. He, I told him earlier, I'm like, yeah, I know the question that I'm going to ask you is about music, and you're not allowed to say uh, Back in Black, so he got me with Thunderstruck. Yep. Okay.
0: Well, ACDC. Yep. Matter- I would like to see that, though. <laughs> uh, you're a little Angus. You, prob- you probably wouldn't oh. like to see it, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, the karaoke thing. I'm with you, coach. I I don't, I I have, I'm terrible, Um, but at our wedding, the reception, we had karaoke. For some reason, I thought it was a good idea, so we (laughs) rolled with it. Well, it backfired on me because we did the dollar dance, but in order for us to get the money, we had to sing Endless Love.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And I had to do Lionel Richie,
0: and I'm not sure who even the other person is, but my wife Teresa is a very good singer, <laughs> and I had to start out, and I was god-awful, and then she came in, and oh, it was, everybody, the place went nuts, and I, oh, that was the worst. Totally backfired on me, but Dad, you got to go too?
1: Uh, yeah, actually, um, so my family, I have some family that lives in Arizona, and they, they one summer or, or Christmas, excuse me. We we celebrate in the summer at that time, uh, just because of getting together and with everything. But we ended up singing karaoke, and I I was obviously I had to break out a little seal, you know,
0: kiss kiss with the rose, kiss with the rose. Oh my
1: word! Are yeah. you kidding me? Oh baby, yeah. Oh my gosh. And oh my I don't, gosh. I don't. Wanna, you thought you did good. I don't want to brag or anything. I didn't break any windows. <laughs> a couple of vases, no windows. What about you?
0: Okay, if I had to do one, yeah, it'd be tequila. Okay, really? No, 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 Why
1: don't you start? Why don't you do it right now?
0: Well, they only there's only they only say it <laughs> three times.
4: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's cheating. But uh, if I
0: if I actually had to have one, it would be uh, some type of rap because you don't have to really carry a tune. You just kind of <laughs> just throw out. Uh, you know what? Actually. It would be it'd be Vanilla Ice, Ice Ice Baby, if okay. I had to, if I had to pick a song.
1: The other one would be Eight Mile for me. I I love a little Eminem oh Eight Mile.
0: I do not see you singing either one of those oh, songs. Oh yes,
1: absolutely. That would be awesome. I, we need I to I make like that a wide happen. variety of genres, and, and my my backpack. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> All right, Coach Best. Uh, thank you a, a bunch for stopping in tonight. I know you are an incredibly busy guy, especially nope. this time of the year. So we do appreciate it. Yep, you yep. Bet. Thank you very
0: much, Thank Coach. You. Good you luck bet. this year. Thank you. Reineke Construction is a family-owned business right here in the d School District focused on providing residential construction services with the highest levels of customer satisfaction. They do everything possible to exceed your expectations like they have over the last 20 years. Reineke Construction does jobs from installing a garage door, building barns to your dream house. They have even built a golf course clubhouse. Services include new construction, remodels or general repairs for homes, constructions on a variety of frames and pole buildings, and construction of clubhouses and other commercial buildings. Key Construction serves Blackhawk, Butler, Grundy, and surrounding Iowa counties, and most of their business comes from word of mouth, which is the best kind of advertising. Look around their website at reinekeyconstruction.com to see a collection of projects they have built or renovated with passion. If you have comments or questions, please feel free to contact them at 319-239-6256 or reinconst at gmail.com. Reine Key Construction. Measure twice, cut once.
4: Okay,
1: New Hartford Wolverines, New Hartford Wolverines. Now we have Diane Harms in the studio with us. Diane, how are you
0: tonight?
4: I'm great. Thank you for asking.
1: Very. How's good. the
0: uh, first week going?
4: It's going great. The kids are awesome. Good to be back in the school, seeing their faces every day. So very excited to be back.
1: Has it been a little toasty for you?
4: You know, my classroom hasn't been the worst I've heard, so I'll, I'll take it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you are you're part of the moving process, right? You got displaced.
4: I got moved to the first floor, which I guess eliminates the steps, so that's a positive.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Since you've been here, um, have you been anywhere else besides the classroom that you were previously in?
4: I actually had two classrooms upstairs for a while when I first came because I replaced two teachers, so I got both of their classrooms. Really? And then I went down to just the one classroom across the hall on the west side, and then I moved to the east side, and now I'm down to the first floor, so...
0: Huh, I did not know that. I,
1: yeah, I had no idea either.
4: Uh, you know
0: what's? So the second floor, I have just some memories of when I came through. We had the second floor as well, and now that I'm part of staff, I get to go. I got to go in the teachers' lounge, where when I was in school, that was forbidden. I mean, that door was never open. You never knew what was in there. You nothing. You just you didn't know. it. I mean, I had no idea what was going on, but you just didn't go in there. And so then when i got on staff one of the first things i did was walk in there and uh for listeners from way back when uh stan van howen's mug was still on the the uh the board there i was going to say there's a coffee stan? cups. yeah it in his name was on it and he always he was my social studies teacher uh way back in the day so that was always that was exciting for me for the second floor was was to get to get into that room what a ride <laughs> yeah it was pretty cool <laughs>
1: All right, Coach Harms. uh, So for those of you who uh, are listening and and may not know uh, Coach Harms very well, uh, could you go ahead and provide us a little background information about yourself?
4: Well, I um, graduated from the University of Northern Iowa. That's where I did my undergrad and got my teaching degree. Then I went on and got my master's degree at Viterbo University. Um, I actually started out as a basketball fanatic. Um, I actually had a scholarship to play basketball at UNI, and then converted into being a volleyball coach at Charles City, which was my first teaching um, experience. How long were you at Charles City? Eleven years. Really?
1: I had I did not know you were at Charles City at all.
0: Mm-hmm. Were you up there at the same time with uh, Coach Betts or not? Or yeah, the Coach same... Betts was
4: up there a little bit. Um, I was. I started at the middle school, then went to the high school. Um started as the junior high volleyball coach and then two years into it became the head volleyball coach up there.
0: Okay. And then when did you come to DNH?
4: Um the two thousand three school year was my first fall here.
1: Right. And uh what brought you to Dyke New Hartford?
4: Um they actually the business education teaching position was open along with the head volleyball coach Baker. Um had decided to retire. Um, at that time also, and the business teachers were both leaving. So it was just the ideal time. Plus I grew up around this area. I went to school at Rhinebeck Parkersburg, graduated from Eldor New Providence. So I was very familiar with, um, Dyke New Hartford. Well, it was Dyke when I was in high school, but Dyke New oh. Hartford and the history and tradition and everything. And just was interested in seeing, you know, what could possibly happen. So fortunate enough to be offered the position here.
0: That's, and you, uh, you say you played basketball you and I? Mhm. I did. So where was that transformation from basketball to volleyball.
4: Well, when I went to Charles City, I coached a junior high basketball, junior high volleyball and high school track. And then the next year I went to ninth grade basketball, ninth grade volleyball and stayed high school track. And then they asked me to take over and be the head volleyball coach the following year. So then I became the head volleyball coach with ninth grade basketball and high school track.
0: And just kind of fell in love with volleyball and,
1: and
4: just, the rest
0: is history, right?
4: Yeah, really it is. We just went from there.
0: Huh, that's
1: interesting. Did you ever have any desire to to coach varsity basketball at all?
4: Um, I did at one point in time, but at Charles City, it just didn't work out. I mean, we had some very good coaches up there, and so I got to work under them. And then uh, the more I was in volleyball, the more I just devoted all my time and efforts into volleyball and continued to coach basketball the whole time I was at Charles City, but um, never really pursued being a head v- basketball coach.
1: Very hmm. interesting. I, and like I said, I had no idea that you were in the Charles City area at all. So very cool. Um, and how long have you been teaching then in general?
4: This will be my 30th year. 30th year.
1: Wow. Okay. This is year nine for me. Travis, what would this be in, uh, involved in school? Ele-
0: no, 21? <laughs> did 21. Say, well, did you go from 11 to 21? I, I did. I did. I did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I, the one threw me off. I was... I'll carry the one. Well... Okay, quick story was I had to take two math classes in high school, the same class twice, if that tells you anything about that, my math skills.
1: That's not a humble brag either. No, it's say.
0: not. Nope, I had it third hour and then eighth hour. I take the test third hour, he correct it, and then he give it back to me, and I get half <laughs> points for having a, uh, fixing the, my messes up the eighth hour, so that's why I was a PE teacher. Oh, well, that's fantastic. Math is, math is not my strong suit whatsoever. Very <laughs> awful
1: that's so yes so
0: yes 21
1: so you came in 2003 at today new hartford yes okay and were you you immediately took over the role of the varsity volleyball job
4: yes i did
1: was that a was that a, a challenge for you at all at that point in time
4: well, coming in following Coach Baker, who did such a tremendous job of establishing the program here and everything, you know, is very large steps to fill, you know, and following in her. But she had set such good things in place here that the transition was really pretty smooth.
1: And that is very nice. To be able to come in and have a smooth transition makes makes a huge difference, yeah.
4: too.
0: And it also helps that I, I did to help out Coach Baker in volleyball. I was like the unofficial assistant coach. Really? I would I would tell her kind of what to do, so I'll take some credit for it, not a lot, but I'll take Let some. Let me guess, you were
1: in, like, detention, no. and she had
0: to watch <laughs> it on the, <laughs> no, no,
1: you,
4: you were can, in the dance company, can, uh, the B&B dance company. Uh, right, I was, yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
0: that, 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 that's a whole, no, that, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's for another day.
1: Okay, so that makes if you came in two thousand three, how many years then have you been the varsity head coach here? This I'll will be a, the nineteenth hmm. season here. I was going to ask Travis how well, many years yeah, that was, no, but yeah, yeah, don't don't waste your time. <laughs> so nineteenth season, uh, and we also had Coach Betts on just a little bit ago. Are do you, are you one of those coaches too? The first match of the year, you get kind of geared up for get the butterflies or
4: you know we do we start tomorrow night and so it's always exciting to kind of we played this summer we've been to some camps but this is the first official competition and just to see how everyone's going to respond yeah it's it's very exciting our young kids kicked it off monday and got it started off on a very good foot this season um so tomorrow night all of us get to play so it is very exciting and where's that at um the varsity we play at west delaware at five o'clock we play independence followed by Wapsi Valley, and then we'll play West Delaware after oh, that. Oh, wow.
0: So you're coming right out of the blocks.
4: We are coming Holy out so of the smokes. blocks. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way to do
2: it, though.
0: Yeah, yeah.
4: Here's the fire. Yeah, here we in.
0: go, guys. Let's go. <laughs> Season starting. <laughs> so
1: that's that's awesome. So, that awesome. you know, to challenge your team like that, what are your expectations for this year?
4: Well, our expectations are we just want to come in and work hard every day, try to get better at a lot of the little things and put ourselves in positions on match nights where we're going to have the the chance to, you know, be successful and to win. I mean, we don't talk a whole lot about, you know, the – the end of the season, we really focus on match-to-match. Match. And so right now we're focusing just on tomorrow night and what we need to do tomorrow night. And with three opponents, it's a little more difficult because you can't just focus in on one. Right. And it's a lot of how our Saturday tournaments go, too, to just you know let the girls hopefully have enough skills and enough um, training that they can adjust and adapt to what our opponents are doing.
1: And and that like you said, the little things. they may, That makes a huge difference in, in any athletic event, so... Uh, oh, I was going to ask my next question. Do you have any uh, matches that you're really excited for on the schedule this year? But that sounds like a pretty great way to start off.
4: Um, we have some really good matches on our schedule this year. I mean, our conference is top to bottom, very good. The preseason rankings came out, and I think I read someplace I, where...
0: Uh, well, I I'll, will hope there are nine, 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 nine NICL teams ranked. In Class 2A, there's seven. Out of our conference in class 2A that are ranked and out of the classes, five of them are ranked in the top eight in class 2A. So five out of the eight teams in 2A are NICL teams. That's
1: amazing.
4: It it is. I mean, it's so great for our conference, you know. So every time you you play a conference match, you know you're going to see some of the best teams in the state. But we actually do have a match scheduled with St. James Academy from Lenexa, Kansas, that we're going to go to West Des Moines Dowling and play Dowling and play Lenexa, Kansas, St. James that same night. So that we did that. Oh, I don't know, Bree, Lizzie, Brooke, Rachel, were. Um, Sophomore or juniors and seniors when we did that we went and played they came and played yep, us here, I remember that. and we went and played them so that was very exciting yeah. you know just play some teams from another state yeah and and then
0: on top of that you, you take the weekends off and and play in these just regular uh, tournaments not so much
1: uh, yeah no I kidding
0: mean, you talk about the gauntlet <laughs> I'm yeah. looking at the schedule I'm like oh weekend. okay yeah yeah okay yeah yeah so it's definitely, let's just say you'll be battle-tested when it comes to tournament time.
4: <laughs> we, we should be. Our Saturdays are, are good, too. I mean, we have several Saturdays that are very, um, like our first one, we're going to Ankeny Centennial, and there's a lot of very strong schools there, a lot of 5A, a lot of bigger schools yeah. um, that are got that tournament. So it'll be interesting to see how we match up with yeah, them.
0: That'll be fun. It'll be a lot of fun.
1: I mean, to be the best, you have to beat the best. And I think yeah. your method of putting, like, tossing the kids into the fire after you've, you've worked on things so much. I think that's a good way to kind of judge and yep. see where you're at and kind of gives you some good looks here. Uh, I know you don't like to look too far ahead, but for potential postseason play and things like that, um, if there's one thing, so I, the next couple questions I'm going to ask are, are about coaching in general. Um, and I ask these to coach Bets as well. Uh, if there's one thing you wanted people to understand about your job, what would it be?
4: You know, it it just it's not just an after school job. It is you're pretty much it's a year round thing. You're constantly thinking about that, trying to find ways to help each individual player improve. Um, we have a big off season uh, program here for our younger volleyball players that we start in fourth grade, start working with them and trying to start developing them and everything. That it does take a lot of time to get to the point where we're at to get the players and, and everything um, in the position to be ready to play the challenging schedule and everything we do. But it's so rewarding when you see, especially a little fourth grader who gets the first serve over, (laughs) you know, or a high schooler who finally has figured something out. It's, it clicks, you know, it's so rewarding to see those things, you know, when they, they happen.
1: And like you said, from the fourth grade on, you are building a program and you've continued to build that program at a, at a young level and, and work with these kids and develop them and, it's got to be for you when they get to that high school level, you know, bittersweet, because, you know, at some point they're going to be right, seniors right. And, and through the program. Is it ever kind of one of those like, I oh, mean, I hate to see, you know, this this player, or this team go just because of that or.
4: Most definitely. we. I mean, I, we hate to see most of our players go and the teams. The The positive is a lot of them continue to their volleyball career right. and they go to play um collegially and we get the opportunity to go watch them. Um, so that that's also very rewarding and satisfying as a coach that they they enjoy the game so much that they want to continue at that next level. Yep. Yep.
0: Uh Talk about the motto for this year for this group of girls.
4: Well, our motto is breathe, believe, battle. So they definitely, we just have to, you know, not put any extra pressure or anything on ourselves, just breathe, believe that we're going to be able to put ourselves in strong positions and then just to battle and fight for every point.
0: Now, do you guys, do you talk about that? Because, again, you guys are a different group than, you know, Tad and I on the outside. So we see it, yeah, preseason number one, you know, defending state champs, all that kind of stuff. I mean, how do you get those girls you know, not just, you know, stay grounded or stay focused or, you know, not get caught up in all that other stuff. I mean, it's, I mean, assuming that's part of it, but every day, I mean, is it an everyday talk? Is it a, you know, I, I was never part of anything like that. So I, I honestly, I don't, I don't know, you know, how that side of it works, you know, because nowadays with social media and just it is everywhere, you know, the girls see it all the time.
4: They do. I mean, mean, and we just talk about, um, you know, that we know what our ultimate goal is, but we really don't talk about that on a daily basis. Our focus really is just who our next opponent will be. And we try to not really make that a big issue or big forefront or anything. Um, I think that, like you said, they have enough pressure. There's enough other people, enough other things that are out there, always bring their attention to it that we almost try. We almost don't even talk about it until the postseason time comes around that. We got to take care of it one game at a time and put ourselves in a good position um, right now, the you know, starting tomorrow, we're just starting the season, building ourselves, you know, and then getting ready and gearing for the postseason. But knowing that's our ultimate goal, but right. we don't really talk about it very much. Right.
1: Right. You can't jump ahead too far, and right. it, you know, you, then you lose sight of right. the little things that are going to get you to that point.
0: Right, right. Let let other people do it, like Tad and myself. Uh, yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> to I'll, I'll do it. I got no problem. <laughs> oh,
0: you'll probably hear it a few times on the live stream, but I'll, so, I'll go ahead and toot that horn.
1: And, and you have a relatively young team. So to have a model like like that, where just the breathe part of it, I think that, that says a lot about it. Um, how many seniors, juniors, wh- what's your breakdown this year?
4: Um, we have five seniors, and our seniors are the ones who came up with the model. They have really done a tremendous job of coming up with non-volleyball activities for the girls to just bond and create some team chemistry and everything like that. And the motto, the T-shirts, all the little things, they've really just done a great job of being on top of that. Then we have three three juniors, and then we have seven sophomores and six freshmen. Okay. Well, seven freshmen. Mariah is injured and won't be able right. to play. So we have six who can play with seven who right. are on the yeah. roster. Well, uh, and well, that
1: tears her up too. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We had her in here, and she wasn't too happy about what she was going to go through, <laughs> but she'll get through it. Um, I was going to mention one thing. You, you know, you, that senior leadership and stuff like that, even a, the team chemistry. You know, it, it would be pretty easy for a, a team you know as successful as D and H when things don't go well to turn on people and the program that you have I, I've yet to ever see that ever happen where you know a player has called out another player on the court or anything like that it's just so it kind of goes to the whole thing of hey we're going to get through it I'm your teammate you're my teammate and we're, we're just going to keep rolling so I totally uh, see that with with the teams that we've had here at DNH.
4: Yeah, we talk a lot about team chemistry and how it can really, in tight games, it can get you that point or two that you really need right. just because you stay together and play together as a group.
1: Yep. So I think in, in every athletic team, no matter the sport, there are always those players who uh, they don't see the floor as much as others, but they're still there and they're still working hard. How do you value those players? You know, they may be a senior getting in for the first time, or or experiencing their first true matches. Uh, how do you value those what What are your message? Is your message to those types of players?
4: Well, we try to tell them that you know they are really the wh- whole reason why we have this success because they 're the ones pushing us in practice every day, making us stronger every day, preparing for the event of an injury or an illness, being ready to step in. I mean, we had that last year when we had a player go down and our next person stepped in at a very critical juncture of our season. And we we continued on, you know, that we we try to tell them that just because they aren't on the floor, they're still just as important as everybody on the floor. And that we're only as good as what they're able to do and push us and challenge us in practice.
1: And that's very good. Um, I like that a lot. Just a quick little story here. I graduated from East Buchanan and I was not the most gifted athletically. I'm not going to hide that. I I was probably a seventh man on the bench for our our basketball team. And we made it to state basketball for the first time ever my junior year. And our coach, you know, morale had gotten down. We had an injury. And like you said, morale, you got to have people step up. And he kind of took everybody aside and he said, hey, the reason we are as good as we are right now is because of the people that are pushing us. And as a bench player, as one of those people... At that point in time, I would have ran through a brick right. wall because I, that he truly made you know me in that in those shoes at that moment feel a, like a truly valued member of the right. team. So I can only I have a special place in my heart for those players just because of my own experiences right. growing up too. So I, I like that a lot. Yep. And um, aside from wins and losses, what what do you view um, that makes a head coach successful?
4: Well, I definitely think your relationships that you have with your players that you create. Um, right now, we're fortunate that we have two of our previous players in Abby Perez and Emma Eden who are back and are volunteering to help coach with us. They want to give back to it. Cool. Um, we have Madison Hedges, Bailey Peterson, I'll probably forget somebody, Haley Dernan, um, who are helping coaches. Uh, coach for us at the off season with our younger kids and program. So as a coach for those players to want to come back and be a part of it, I think that's pretty special.
0: Yeah, well, it says something about the program. I mean, they're not just adios, you know? They they want to come back, and that's cool.
4: That
1: is cool, and so that makes that makes you successful in that, and that makes the team successful as well when they have that type of buy in and and that you develop that history and that relationship with those players. Time for a lighter question. Another random question of the day, Coach Harms. You ready to go? Uh-oh. I'm ready. Okay. So I did. this is just kind of a fun one um, for everybody here. What was the first thing that you wanted to be when you grew up?
4: Um... I did not want to be a baker because my dad was a baker and those hours were crazy, but an accountant actually is what I really wanted to be when the first thing I can remember being being interested in, unlike I do like numbers and oh looking boy. at numbers and evaluating and all that stuff with numbers. So I, I really thought I wanted to be an accountant when I grew up.
0: That would not be up your alley then. No, no, I wouldn't. I would have taken your advice and, <laughs> and taken your services for sure.
4: Very good.
1: <laughs> Travis, what about you?
0: Well, I, my earliest memories—I I saw the question. Um, I think I wanted to be a rock star because when I was younger, um, for a Halloween one time, I dressed up as Ace Freely, the guy with the star. Yep. Yeah, yeah, from Kiss. And I thought that was just the coolest thing in the world. Was and I'd to wear, a... wear that mask, and I was—it wasn't Halloween. I was still rocking it
1: to wear a star around on your face. Yeah. yeah. So
0: I—I I think I think that was the earliest one. Okay. It didn't happen either.
1: Uh, when I was younger, I really liked media. I liked weather. You know, when it would a storm or rain, I loved, you know, being outside and looking at the clouds and things. And so I really wanted to be a meteorologist at one point. But um, I quickly realized that it wasn't my passion after a while, but it was cool. To, Too much
0: science or what?
1: No, you know, I
0: you just there didn't were, like the green actually,
1: screen. Actually, there happened to be uh, a bigger storm that went through at one point in time. And there were some tornadoes with it, and at that, you got that, that, that was kind of one of those things. Like, you know, it'd be okay for a little bit, and then then the serious stuff would come along, right? and got a call in sick.
0: Well, the thing is, if you would have done that, you could have had a job that you wanted to be fifty percent right. I know, maybe, back, and that might be pushing it. Maybe
1: hindsight's twenty twenty, but yes, right. you are correct.
0: Right? So. I always thought a uh, meteorologist or a movie critic. I mean, a movie critic. All you do is just give your opinion, and somebody's yeah. paying for your opinion. I know. I wish I owned part of Rotten Tomatoes. I, mean, I could do something like that. Yeah, and, and you could be wrong. Somebody could say, I, uh, "No, you totally like that movie." And yeah, okay, well, give me money.
1: I like the Happy Gilmore critics that just bashed it oh, like yeah. crazy, and yeah. then look at how successful it is now. So, right, all right. Oh, all well. right. Well, Coach Arms, not to take too much more of your time, but uh, we do appreciate you stopping in tonight and giving us a little bit of information about this year, as well as some of your expertise that you've gathered throughout your years of coaching. So thank you very much.
0: Yep, yep. Thanks, and good luck this year. Thank you. The DNH Loose Change Podcast is looking for the final two businesses to partner with us here at Dyke New Hartford. DNH Loose Change will be a weekly podcast focusing exclusively on all things DNH. The podcast will primarily consist of interviews from administrators, teachers, support staff, coaches, and our own DNH students. By becoming a partner, your business will be given up to a 60-second pre-roll, mid-roll, or post-roll read in every episode to a captive audience. Your donation will go directly to help out the DNH Booster Club as well as help offset the cost of producing the podcast. For more information, contact Travis Kewitt at 319-983-2206 or by email at travis.kewitt at dnhcsd.org. Thank you in advance for your support of our DNH students and roll blue. The Dyke New Hartford Booster Club is established as a support group to encourage parent and community participation and to raise funds to enhance and expand the academic, social, and athletic programs that are available to each individual student at Dyke New Hartford Schools. The Booster Club feels strongly that parent and community involvement during the school year can be a key to the success of our students here at DNH. Please consider helping our students by becoming a member. Our Booster Club website can be found under the Parent and Community tab on the DNH homepage. Thank you for your support and roll blue.
2: All right, Wolverine Nation.
1: That wraps up another fantastic episode of DNH Loose Change. I really thought this was a fun one tonight.
0: Yeah, what a way to kick off uh, season two!
1: Uh, yeah, I don't think you could have uh, a, a better selection, I guess, than we than we had tonight. Just because of everything that's coming up this week, you got your first volleyball matches, you got your first varsity football game of the season. I think think yep. episode one's going to be one to beat.
0: Yep, both uh, you know, Coach Betts and and Coach Harms. You know, they've been in the system forever, you know, so it's a great, great start to kick off the school year, and, um, you know, anybody out there that get a chance, um, we didn't really go over the schedule per se, but I think the football teams got four or five home games. Um, Volleyball, unfortunately, this year only has three or four home games, too, so they're uh, slim pickings um, to come watch them, but travel, you know, go check them out. Um, Kids work hard, you know, like they mentioned, um, they deserve to have a good crowd out there, and, and so the we co- always do good support you know, yeah. as well.
1: And the coaches uh, work work really hard too. And I, I actually personally really like some of the messages that both Coach yep. Betts and Harms shared tonight. And I I like to apply them in my own classroom too. And a lot of them can be applied to just life in general. So
0: yep, yep. That's the one thing that I've always enjoyed about athletics is. it it does teach life, it can can teach life lessons if it's taught properly, you know, and I remember my coaches, you probably remember your coaches, and you remember certain things that they said, and, um, you know, there is a a place for athletics in a school setting, you know, some people don't, they think it gets too much of the limelight, gets too much publicity and stuff like that, but I also think if if it's done properly, it can be a huge um, asset for your district and for your um, the student athletes that come through the program,
1: right? It's, they, there are those lifelong skills that that our our students are carrying with them out into the workforce, out into yep. uh, when they further their education, if that's the route that they choose to go. It, it, there are just a lot of benefits that that you have an opportunity to to acquire.
0: Yep, yep. And, and that's one of the reasons why I got into coaching was, you know, I had great coaches when I came through, and and uh, I felt the impact there, and I've always wanted to impact. Uh, other individuals' lives, and and hopefully I've done that. So, I mean, that was one of my passions uh, for coaching. Absolutely. So.
1: Um, before we let you off tonight, we do want to go ahead and give our first pitch. And this week, it's been kind of a crazy week. Obviously, we've got the first week of school, construction going on. <laughs> but on top of that, we have a horrible heat wave that we're kind of dealing with. And our administration has been... I don't want to say forced, but forced <laughs> right <laughs> to make some tough decisions, and uh you know it's not always it's not always a decision that's going to make everybody the happiest, and it's not always a decision that's going to make everybody the angriest either you know, but right, right it, it, there's never going to be that perfect.
0: they're almost like the referee yeah exactly that, that makes a basketball referee that has to decide between a block and a charge. Half the people are going to call it a block. Half the people are going to call it a charge. Same thing for this weather thing. Half the people are going to be like, well, what, why did you guys get out? You, you can go there all day. What's an extra two hours? No big deal. And then you've got other people on the other side saying, you should need to cancel school. Yeah, Heck yeah, it's, it's 100 degrees at 9 o'clock in the morning. What are you thinking? So
1: Yeah, finding that balance, it's so difficult. And uh, I think, you know, these first few days of school... um you know, Justin, Tom, Brian, Dad. Travis, you know, everybody's doing the best job that they can. And I think that the, the support behind the community has been really cool. So, uh, you know, yeah. first and, pitch goes out to them. And sure. the
0: good part, and I talked to uh, Mr. Stockdale uh, earlier this week, um, being part of the buses, you know, and stuff like that, just giving us a heads up. And, um, you know, he made the comment, this is the last year I have to even worry about this. <laughs> you know, everything will be air conditioned. Everything's good to go. This won't even be one. There's no question next year. Yeah. So it, that'll be really nice. And
1: and the funny thing is, too, uh, when you see your superintendent in the school walking around checking temps personally, you know, right. that doesn't happen everywhere. No.
0: And, and it was. Yeah, he's not sitting in air conditioning n- all day. No, it's
1: not like he was uh, in his office chilling with his feet right. up, drinking coffee right. or anything like that. That was. Right. uh
0: and he's now, been on the new Herf- New Harford campus all three days. Yeah,
1: I've seen him every single day, and yep, I, you know, th- those are the types of things when you make decisions like that as a staff member. I look at it and I, you know, I appreciate that because he's uh, putting right. himself out there too. Right.
0: So. Nope, I agree.
1: All right. Well, Wolverine Nation, I want to thank you. Episode one of season two is officially a wrap.
2: thank mm,